We are in the third week of our current sermon series. And so far in this series, we've talked about Micah 6.8. For he has shown you, O man or O person, and what does the Lord require of you? That you do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Then last week, as Joss led us, that we took a look at uh, the greatest commandments that that is, Jesus being questioned as he had this conversation and he described what the greatest commandments were, that he said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then this week, we're going to take a look at another one of those key passages, that a passage that just seems to take... Um, uh, just a few words and provides great clarity. And this one is from Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all peoples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded, and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. When we look at those three passages, one way to describe it is that in Micah 6.8, the one about doing justice and loving mercy and walking humbly with God, it is living according to God's character. If we were to look at the Mark 12.29-31 through 31 passage about the greatest commands to, to love God with all of who we are and to love our neighbor as ourselves, that's living according to God's heart. And as we look at our passage today, if we were just simply to boil that down, the Matthew 28, 18 through 20, this passage that's often called the Great Commission, it's living according to God's purpose. Living according to God's purpose. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, we've all learned things, and maybe you've uh, learned something new even over the past couple of years. Maybe you learned how to wear a mask in such a way to where it didn't hurt the back of your ears. Maybe that was a whole new thing. But we can go back and we can think about those times when we learned something brand new. Like, how about the time when you learned to ride a bike? You know that, you know that experience, and maybe some of us are still not there yet. We're still kind of contemplating our options, wondering if that's, who's going to hold the back of our bike now? You know, that type of question. But if we learned when we were kids and, and we stepped out and we tried that thing and we went from standing on two feet to now trusting these two wheels. We did not know everything about the bike. We didn't know that the role that the axis uh, line of the handlebars played with the location of the hub and, and how you need to have a, a right ratio. We didn't know um, uh, just how the whole uh, balancing thing worked, but we did it. We got on a bike, and we may have fallen a few times, but, but we learned to ride. Or how about the, when you learned to swim? And again, maybe not everyone has learned to swim, but, but, but a majority of the people have, and, and we've learned to swim. We went from being uh, land-focused people to, to get our bodies into a whole different context. And without gills, we still got into the water. And, and maybe we choked a little bit at first, but, but we overcame anxieties. We overcame maybe some levels of not understanding and uh, uh, not being coordinated and we learned to swim. Or how about when we learned to drive? 
When, when someone gave us, said we're old enough now, and, and they gave us a set of car keys, and they, they let us sit behind the wheel of, of a couple-ton vehicle that has the ability to go down the road at 65, 75, 85 miles an hour, and we learned to drive. Now, the complication just went up by a whole different degree, that now we have to coordinate with a bunch of other drivers that sit behind the wheel of a couple-ton vehicle going at high speeds, and we have to figure out a way um, to get along with each other. We learn these things. Well, today we're going to be learning a bit more about making disciples. And maybe when we think about making disciples, we, we can feel like we're back in that just trying to learn a bike, to ride a bike, and wondering if, if we're going to fall over and we have that little bit of trepidation, thinking about what's going to happen to us if we actually did this. Or maybe it's like swimming, and, and we, are we going to sputter? Are we going to take in uh, this water and not be able to breathe? And, and, and are we going to just flounder? Maybe it's like driving, and, and we get anxious about how others around us will interact with us when we start doing something new. Well, let's explore our text together and see what it has to offer us as we continue our learning about making disciples. Let me set up the passage real qu quickly, real briefly. In the layout of Matthew's gospel, we find that uh, the way Matthew lays the story out, that Jesus is crucified. He dies on the cross. And, and in that death, we know later through uh, other writings in the New Testament that Jesus dies in our behalf, that he, he pays the penalty that we could not pay for ourselves. And um, As he dies on the cross, and then he, he spends time uh, um, in the tomb, and, and, and then he's raised from the dead. He's resurrected. And Matthew's gospel has it to where an angel comes and tells the disciples, you need to go to Galilee, and, and Jesus is going to speak to you there. And so the disciples go to Galilee, and that's where we pick up the story. So if you would, please open up your Bibles. Um, we'll put it on the screen as well. If you're participating in worship at home, if you'll grab your Bible, please, and again, it'll be on your screen too. This is Matthew 28, and we'll start in verse 16 and go through the end of the chapter. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. May God bless the reading of his word. And may God show his favor upon us as we learn to live his word in this world. All right, so we're going to talk about making disciples, but wait, all right? Wait, wait, because there could be this uh, response in us, oh, we've heard this before. Here the, the pastor is going on about stuff that excites the pastor but doesn't really float our boat. It, it's kind of like that thing when, when a mom or a dad, uh, a guardian, maybe it's a grandparent, comes to a kid and goes, clean your room, right? And we all go, oh, we've heard that before, Blah. Why do we have to clean our room? Well, people are coming over, but they're not going to come to my room. Clean your room. Why? Because I said so, <laughs> you know. And maybe we just start tuning out that word. By the way, 
If there's any kids in this room and your parents tell you to clean your room, go ahead and clean your room. It's a, it's a good thing to do. Let's not tune this out. Let's not tune this word out, this, this message that comes to us from this passage, this great commission. Even if you feel like you've heard it many times before, even if you feel like I've already decided I'm just not going to do that or I don't think this applies to me, would you stay tuned in? Let's see what God has for us in the passage. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about the why and the what and, and the how and the who. And we're going to talk about those things. We're going to break it down. We're going to find that there are rich gems in this passage that God intends for us as we step into this call to make disciples. All right, so let's start with the why. This is all about the purpose. Why, why would God even start to you know, call us to do this? And, and to understand the purpose, we have to go way back. We go way back in Scripture. We go back to the book of Genesis. And in the book of Genesis, we find that uh, God is talking to Abraham. He's, he's initiating this plan he has. And it's going to be worked out through Abraham. Here's what he says to Abraham. Uh, at that time, Abraham was known as Abram. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred, from your family and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Go, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You get the scope. God's calling one individual. Abraham's going to be the father of a great nation. Abraham, together with Sarah, his wife, they're, they're going to be um, uh, parents of, of Isaac, and Isaac will be the father of Jacob, and Jacob will have those 12 sons and become the 12 tribes of Israel, and then one day it'll, it, it'll bring about that Jesus, the Messiah, comes into this world. God had big plans. God's purpose is to reach all of humanity with his grace. When we move forward in the storyline, we can come to a place in the book of Isaiah. There are a number of places we could land, especially in the book of Isaiah, but let's land at Isaiah 49.6. We find in this passage that these words that are descriptive of the coming Messiah, in fact, quoted in the New Testament in reference to Jesus, Isaiah 49.6 says, he says, God says, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. It's too big a thing just to focus on those already called my people. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. God has a plan. God has a purpose. He has a big why. Why make disciples? It's a big scheme God's at. He wants to reach all peoples. He wants his salvation to go to the end of the earth. We can jump up into the New Testament. And even in the words of Jesus, we find Jesus in John 20, verse 21. He says, even as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Why would we entertain the idea of, of making disciples? Why should you and, 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 and I entertain this idea? Well, because Jesus says so. And it follows the pattern. As God sent Jesus into this world, so Jesus sends us. When we read the story of the disciples in the New Testament, it's intended that we would read it as our story. 
jumping forward into the early church, we find even in 2 Peter 3.9. 2 Peter 3.9 says that the Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God desires, God wants that people would know Him and that His grace would move um, throughout this world and be offered and, and that God would do God's work and we would do the work that God has for us and that the good news of Jesus Christ would be received by others. We might picture that passage, that story that Jesus told in uh, Luke chapter 14. It's a, a story of the great banquet, that, that there's this man, he's going to throw a, a big party, and he goes and he invites the people you would expect him to invite, and they all have their excuses. Listen, I'm, I'm too busy shopping. <laughs> I got things to buy. I, I'm too busy uh, with my work. There's too much going on at work. I, 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 can't, I can't come. There's too much going on at home. There's too much going on at home. I, I'd love, love to be there. Love to be there. Can't do it. Can't be there with you. And they don't come. And so the man throwing the party, he turns to his servants and he sends them out. Tell you what, go to the streets and the lanes in the city and find those who are poor or crippled or blind, lame. That Would you invite them? And, and the servants say, we've done that. There's still room. And and so God sends his servants out to the highways and the hedges, out to the edge. Go, go out to where our people are walking by our town, not just into our town, and, and invite them. And it says, it comes down to this line, that my house may be full. Why entertain the idea? Why respond positively to the command to go and make disciples? It's because God desires that his house would be full. And he wants to use us in the filling of that house. Jesus, when he invited those first disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. All right, so that's the why. Jesus has called us to it. Jesus said so, but this is God's plan. He wants more and more people to experience his grace in deeper and deeper ways. So let's talk about the what. This is the action. The what. We're fine. It, it comes to us in two, um, uh, two words, two, two verbs. It says, go. Go. Make disciples. Go. You know, often when we go, I find that we go to, uh, at least I know that when I go places, I'm often pursuing my agenda, right? I, um, I'm going to go to the store and shop for the things that I want to do. I'm going to go to work and do the things that I think are on my agenda. I'm going I'm to go places and, and I consider my agenda but this is a going that we would embrace God's agenda in the going. And something interesting about this going, it can be incredibly local or fully global. Going can simply be crossing the room or turning your head and talking to the person next to you. It's this go, go. Take your attention and focus it on others around you. Go. It can also be get on a plane and fly halfway around the world. Go. Go across the office. Go across the field. Go across the classroom. Go across the sanctuary. Go. Go. And then as you go, make disciples. Help people become students of Jesus. 
Would you go, go with all that, that you know of, uh, of Christ? Would you go with the good news of Jesus in your heart and, and what you've learned of Jesus through his life in the Gospels? Whatever you, you've already experienced, whatever you've already lived out, would you go with that and make disciples? He explains that making of uh, disciples this way. He goes, there's two, two aspects to keep in mind. One is that we would baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about this before, that baptizing is a way of talking about that introductory, that we would help people cross that line. Now, it's good news. God does the heavy lifting here. God does the essential, necessary work in people's hearts. But he uses us to represent the love of Christ. He uses our voices and he uses our actions that people might experience the good news of Jesus through us in their life, even then as God uses that for his glory and quickens a person's heart. So baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is to welcome somebody into, that, into the family of God. And I know polity has come along over the centuries and said, you know what, we only want clergy to baptize people. And how do we, listen, we're all a part of this together that we are meeting people where they are, sharing the good news of Jesus, helping as God doing his work inside of people, that we welcome them into this new relationship, this new way of being, that everything old has passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And we celebrate that. And people receive the Spirit as God does God's work. But we don't stop there. It's not just about getting people across a line of faith. It's being able to reach out to others and, and to be a part of helping them grow up in Christ, to observe or to obey all that Jesus has commanded. By the way, we count on this, that others would be doing this for us, that they would be coming toward us with what they know about Jesus. And maybe that you've read a great book on prayer and and you've developed just the beginnings of a really fun prayer life. And maybe you could offer that to someone else. Maybe someone else has has learned what it means to be generous and, and, and they've begun to to just put this out there for God, that I, they're opening up their wallets, they're opening up their homes, they're opening up their calendars, they're being generous, and maybe they could bring that learning and bless you with it. That as one disciple disciples another disciple, and iron sharpening iron, and we grow up in Christ together. Go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them to observe everything I have commanded. All right, so when usually when we get to this spot, then... Um, uh, there can be this temptation to come up with excuses, right? And by the way, as humans, we have this love affair with excuses. I- I- excuses are all about seeing the world from my perspective and, and saying that that's the right perspective. Okay, so this is one of those classic sermon illustrations that, that pastors pick up and use, and we've probably even used it uh, in this room before. Uh, you can find this online, so it's got to be true. Um, uh, you've heard those things that, that people have written uh, in their explanations to insurance companies about car accidents that they've been in, stuff like this. The accident happened because I had one eye on the truck in front of me, one eye on the pedestrian, and the other on the car behind. Or how about this one? I started to slow down, but the traffic was more stationary than I thought. That's awesome. That's a wordsmith right there. I like this one. 
I didn't think the speed limit applied after midnight. <laughs> that is, that's beautiful. One more. I had been shopping for plants all day and was on my way home. As I reached an intersection, a hedge sprang up, obscuring my vision, and I did not see the other car. I just love that. It's just so good. Making excuses. So when it comes to disciple making, I think that there can be a plethora of excuses, but what if we were to clump them under two titles? And the first title or the first kind of excuses that we'll talk about are the uh, I'm not dot, dot, dot excuses. I'm not excuses. I'm not a a biblical scholar. I'm not a seminary trained individual. I'm not perfect. I'm not good enough. I'm not, a, I, I, I'm not a Bible teacher. You can fill it in. I'm not. I, I, I'm not qualified. I'm not. And, and we begin from this place of um, already discounting ourselves. How could God use me? I'm just going to mess it up. I'm not. Thankfully, the passage helps us. It, it gives us support that we don't have to be anything else than who we are currently. We're going to grow, we know that, but who we are, even right now, take a look at this. So if we look in at the passage itself, we find that the passage says that the 11 disciples went to Galilee. The 11 disciples. That number 11 tells us a story. It's not the perfect number 12 right? Even in Jesus' uh, ones that he had brought to himself to, uh, to spend time discipling them, that this 11 stands out. Bruner does a great job in his commentary on this, but that, that, that 11 tells us, you know what? Uh, this is an imperfect group. In fact, when we begin to think about the story of those 11 disciples, we can think of Peter, right? Peter. Peter, not too long ago, before this happening, Peter denied Jesus three times. Peter could say, you know what, I'm not going to go make disciples because I'm not that trustworthy before God. And just, he could have put just, you know, a period on, the, on his life at that point. I'm, I'm not going to move out. I'm not going to do the things that, that God wants me to because, well, uh, um, I'm just, I'm not very good at being a disciple. But he didn't do that. He kept moving forward. I'm not. Or we could think of Bartholomew. I like the story of Bartholomew. How many of you have been, you know, have really learned all you can about uh, the disciple named Bartholomew? Uh, if, if you've really invested yourself, you know that he's also called Nathaniel. Um, we don't know much beyond that. Uh, uh, so his name's Bartholomew and Nathaniel. We do know this, that Jesus said when he first um, met Nathaniel, Jesus goes, listen, here's one uh, Israelite in whom there's no deceit. I like this story because Bartholomew, Nathaniel, he begins at a place where you might go, now that guy is going to be a great disciple maker. But we hear nothing else of his story. We don't know what he went on and did. They're not, we're not singing great songs. We're not reading amazing books about Bartholomew. We just don't. He goes on to be faithful. We trust, but, but we don't know those individual stories. When we look at that, the 11 went to Galilee. We can see ourselves in that. We can see ourselves, our broken selves. I'm not this, I'm not that. Yes, they weren't either. We can also find it in the words when it says, and they worshiped him, but some doubted. 
Have you ever experienced doubts about God? If you had doubts about Christianity, about Jesus Christ, you're not alone. It may be that you're in this room and, and you've never wrestled with doubts. You've always just had faith, and, and praise God for that. But the rest of us, we've gone forward with both faith and, at times, maybe tremendous doubt. What's so interesting in the passage is that there's no correction that's provided for those who doubted. And they worshiped him. But some doubted. And Jesus' response, given right after this, is given to both uh, people, the, the, the groups of, of, the, of the faithful and, and those who are faithful but also doubt. And the response is now go and make disciples of all people. So if you think you're not, just know that Jesus comes and, and, and he welcomes broken, hurt, uh, unqualified people to, to go and bring his message, his good news of salvation in Christ to others. If God used the men and women of that first century, God will use us as well. The other group of, of excuses might be uh, framed under the title, uh, the what if, the what if excuses. They sound kind of like this. What if people don't listen? What if no one else in the church is doing this and I'm the odd one who's doing it? I, I, I'll be that person. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I'm rejected? The good old what if excuses. But thankfully, our passage provides a response. We can look in the text. It says, all authority. Jesus, when he begins to speak, he goes, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's amazing how quick I can give authority away to things that don't have all authority. I can give authority away to my anxiety. You know what? Anxiety, go ahead and take over. Uh, have the loudest voice in my life. I can give authority over to people's expectations and, and, and pe what people think of me. You know, I, I'll live in such a way to where, to where I make you happy. And I give the authority away to your happiness. It's amazing how quickly we can give authority away to cultural expectations or whatever it might be. And Jesus makes it clear, wait a minute, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. And then at the end of uh, his words, he says, and I will be with you to the very end of the age. So all authority given, and he goes, with all this authority, I'm going to be with you. You might say, well, what if, what if, what if? And Jesus goes, listen, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm the one who has authority just go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them, obey. I have all authority, and I'll be with you no matter what happens in your life. If we confront our excuses and let God's word um, speak into our lives and debunk those excuses, maybe we can talk a little bit about the how. The how. And let's keep it simple. Let's uh, 
let's keep it real simple. Let's, uh, there's all kinds of nuances. I've got a stack of books. Uh, maybe you have a stack of books on how to make disciples, and, 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 and you've read all those books. We have a, a curriculum here, our 1820 uh, curriculum, and it, it's, if you ask anybody who's gone through it, there's a lot of material, right, that's long, and, and we can create all this stuff, but if we were just to keep it simple this morning, how do we go and do this? How do we live it out? I would put these things before us. First thing is simply to look to Jesus. To look to Jesus. Just keep looking to Jesus. For your own enjoyment, for, for, for your own relationship, uh, but then also on behalf of those that you're going to be uh, connected to. Look to Jesus. Observe his life. Read the Gospels. Listen to his voice in your life. Trust his promises. Depend upon his presence. Talk to him. Love him, celebrate him. In all ways, engage Jesus. The how begins with just enjoying Jesus. If we move from the look to Jesus, we can then take on the follow Jesus. And that's what we engage with. And when we read those Gospels, and when, when we read the stories in the New Testament, when we take up the whole story of God from the Old Testament through the New Testament, it's all about learning to follow Jesus. And so we, we look at his commands and we say, well, what does that look like in my life? And I'm going to begin to grow in this. And, and we won't wait until we learn all of his commands. We'll just take what we've already learned and go forward with it, trusting that God's going to continue to work in us his transformation. So we follow as Jesus. We take up his commands regarding love and anger and lust and greed and envy and worship and prayer. And it goes on and on and on. Look to Jesus, we follow Jesus, and then we do what Jesus did. Let's face it, Jesus did weird stuff. He did a lot of weird stuff. And so to make disciples, we're called to do weird stuff. Weird stuff like this. Listen to people. Authentically listen to people. I remember that story of when Jesus walking through a crowd and this woman who had had this uh, bleeding disorder for just a long time and no one could solve it. And he, she just touched the hem of Jesus' robe. And, and Jesus stopped. He knew power had gone out. He just stopped. He was on his way to do a healing somewhere else. And, and he just stopped in the midst of the crowd. And that woman mattered to him. That healing mattered to him. So do the weird things that Jesus did. Listen to people. Go toward others um, whom people reject. Go to those whom people reject. That's what Jesus, he kept going toward people that the rest of the culture just didn't have time or place for. Care for the hurting, speak peace, share truth, honor God, offer forgiveness, pray for others. Adopt 12. No, you don't have to adopt 12. Jesus adopted 12 and that was his full-time job. And, um, maybe you'll adopt one or two or three. And adopt them into your, in, into your caring spiritual life. And, and you want to share your life with them and, and build them up in Christ. Here's one more. Walk on water. Jesus did it. He walked on water. And he wasn't the only one. Peter did it too. Peter said, you know, hey, can you let me get out of this boat? And will you give me uh, the opportunity to walk toward you? And she said, sure, come on. And he walked on water. You remember the story that he sunk once he took his eyes off Jesus. 
So when we walk on water, what if we just kept our eyes on Jesus? We trust that Jesus will allow us to do things that we never thought we could do on our own. So you go, what, I, what do I? Trust that Jesus will do miraculous things through us. Do what Jesus did. And then finally, just trust Jesus to do his part. Like we said, he does all the heavy lifting. He's the one who quickens hearts, who covers sins, who brings people from death to life, who works the final transformation, the ultimate transformation. He just desires to use us. So we can talk about the who. It's all people. Go make disciples of all people, of all nations. Think of your family. Who in your family? Who, who's close to you in your family? Who's, who's that connection you have with? Is it children? Is it, is it a spouse? Is it an aunt, an uncle? Think of your friends, your neighbors, your teammates, fellow gamers online, strangers you meet along the way. The who is anyone you're in a car with, on a bus with, in a plane, anyone that you might be walking nearby, someone you might be speaking with, someone you know, someone you don't know, the person in the row in front of you this morning or the person in the row behind you, your aunt, your uncle, your internet buddy. I don't know if that's actually a thing. Does anybody have an internet buddy? I don't, I'm not sure. We began by talking about learning to ride a bike and learning to swim, learning to drive a car. And the truth, when we look back on that, that there are times where we may have skinned a knee or swum outside of our lane or where we might have been in an accident. We know things happen. But we keep moving forward. We keep learning. Learning to be used of God to share the gospel. It's the great commission to welcome people into the family of God and to help others obey all that Jesus has commanded. This series is called Wanting God. To say that we want God comes with this embracing God's mission in this world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you sent your Son into this world. In Christ, you sent us into the world as well with the good news of you. Listen, when we look at our own lives, we, um, we can look at our calendar and our money and our conversations and, and it could be that some of us are sitting here today just feeling incredibly convicted that we really haven't talked about you with others. We really haven't represented your love. We're so busied and hurried and insecure and unsure God would we depend upon you and not just ourselves will we trust the call of Christ would you move in us even this week to give to, we would have eyes to see an awareness to to greet and to connect with the people around us that we would step forward and trust that you will do miraculous things through us toward others that they would experience your grace and your love for them. Thank you, God, that you've been doing this for centuries. Thank you that you did it through someone in our lives that we could even be here today. We give you praise.
And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.